Our family Bible story this week is a catechism story concerning the sacrament of holy baptism, the pool of Bethesda, John chapter 5, verses 1 through 15. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. John 5, chapters, uh, verses 1 through 15. There was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, a pool, which is called, in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well, of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity about thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the, bed was made, the, the, the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him, who was cured, It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, I would like you to note from this reading that the temple in Jerusalem had a gate on the north side of the outdoor complex where the sheep for sacrifice would enter to be washed, which means they were being sanctified in the pool before they were offered up as sacrifices. The word Bethesda means house of grace or house of mercy. And by its name, it teaches us the significance of the temple liturgy, the daily sacrifices where the lambs were offered. The true source of grace and mercy is Jesus, to whom this miracle points. Bethesda, house of grace, house of mercy. The five porches or colonnades which were part of the pool were so numbered because of the five books of Moses, the Pentateuch or the Torah, which contained both the divine liturgy of the temple and that liturgy and all of those sacrifices 
which would find their fulfillment in Jesus. So look at the text and take the text at its word. When I ask why were the multitude of sick people blind, lame, and paralyzed waiting for the movement of the water in the pool of Bethesda, they were waiting for an angel, that's what John says, to stir the water so that those who entered the water would be made well. And I ask the question, what is an angel? An angel is a messenger, that's what the word means. A messenger of whom? A messenger of God's word. Therefore, when the angels act, they act on the basis of God's word. So if the water did indeed have the power to heal the sick, and John indicates that it did, we might ask the question from the Catechism, how can water do such great things? And we could use the explanation from the Catechism. Certainly not just water, but the Word of God in and with the water gave the water the power to heal and restore the sick to health. How long had the crippled man at the pool suffered with his infirmity? For 38 years. So it was debilitating. And it highlights the helplessness of the man. I mean, for how long was he sitting there waiting and trying to get into the pool, but he could never make it? So I asked the question, how did Jesus demonstrate his omniscience and his compassion? He knew that the man had been there for a long time, 38 years. And Jesus asked him if he wanted to be made well. That is like the call to faith. And what did the man confess to Jesus? He confessed he was powerless to help himself and had no one to put him into the pool when the angel stirred the water. So another person would always enter the pool ahead of him. What did Jesus say to the man? He said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. That's the word of God. Rise, take up your bed and walk. It carries the power to do what it says. And so the man was healed by the power of Jesus' word. Now, he was healed, but he didn't have to go into the water. So does this speak against holy baptism? By no means. Rather, it teaches us some very significant things about baptism. Jesus is the one at work in the water of baptism. The power of holy baptism to, in the language of the catechism, work forgiveness of sins, rescue from death and the devil, and give eternal salvation to all who believe is in Jesus' word. He is the source of salvation that the waters of baptism offer. And that's so very important because some people think that is salvation from Jesus or is salvation from baptism? And the answer is yes, because Jesus is the sum and substance of holy baptism. So we might ask, why does the Apostle John tell us that it was the Sabbath day on which the man was healed? Remember, Sabbath means rest. So John reminds us that Sabbath, rest, comes from Christ and his word. And of course, the Jews objected to this man because the man carried his mat on the Sabbath, his bed on the Sabbath. He worked. Well, he did what Jesus, who by his word healed him, told him to do. And that's what Sabbath is all about to receive the word of Christ, 
and to live according to the Word of Christ. So it indicates faith in the Word of Jesus, in the Word of God that he had received. So he says to the man, the, to the Jews, the man who made me well told me to take up his bed and walk, so he followed Jesus' word. And so this teaches us about the Sabbath, that the Sabbath is about hearing the word of God, receiving it, believing it, and acting according to it. This is how the Sabbath day is made holy when we receive God's holy word and lead holy lives according to it. The Sabbath is not about the work that we do, but rather it is about the work that Christ does for us and that he gives us through his word. That is what Sabbath rest is all about, the rest of the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation that Jesus works for us and gives to us in his word. Now the man's condition illustrates salvation by grace alone through faith in Christ because the man, as we begin the narrative, was totally helpless. He could do nothing to save himself. He couldn't get himself to the water. And so Jesus enters in. He takes the initiative. Jesus healed him by his saving word and he did so apart from any merit or worthiness in him. And the man received Jesus' word by faith. Now the man's ignorance when they ask him, who did this to you, is actually more important than you might think because it corresponds to what happens in baptism of infants and children. And if you can imagine if children were baptized as infants but they never ever heard anything from God's word, they wouldn't know about the gift that they were given. They have to be taught, but it doesn't change the reality of the gift that they've been given. So an infant may not yet know the name of Jesus or have been fully catechized in the Christian faith, and yet he or she receives the saving benefits of holy baptism. The catechesis that follows the baptism of children and adults, for that matter, fills up their understanding and their ability to confess the mystery of baptism into Christ and all the benefits that Jesus gave them in their baptism. So it is actually a wonderful illustration of how here he received a great gift in his baptism, in his washing by Jesus' word, but didn't fully comprehend who it was that had done this to him. And so he needed further catechesis. In the same way, in holy baptism, we don't fully understand when we are baptized what has happened, but we are fully and further catechized into it. So Jesus found the man, told him about himself, and encouraged the man to live in repentance and faith. See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. And that phrase talks about the baptismal life. So we might ask, what does Jesus' word, sin no more, mean? It means that he should continue to believe in Jesus and follow Jesus rather than turn away from Jesus back to a life of unbelief and sin. So, I mean, there's no such thing as any human being, baptized or unbaptized, 
who doesn't daily contend with sin. They do. But the life of the baptized is one that desires to live with faith in Christ and to turn away from sin to the new life that is found in him. So what did Jesus, uh, what did the man confess after Jesus' catechesis? That it was Jesus who had made him well. So he identifies him by name. And this teaches us something about holy baptism as well. Jesus is the power at work in holy baptism by his word. He is also the object of our faith in catechesis that follows baptism. So the miracle of healing at the pool of Bethesda teaches us that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. The miracle teaches us that Jesus and his word is the power that stirs the water of baptism and gives it the power to save and bestow faith. Apart from Jesus and his word, baptism is plain water. But by Jesus' word, it is a life-giving water, rich in grace and a washing of the new birth. The helpless man is the perfect picture of a sinner. He was helpless and unable to save himself. He had to be placed into the water, the pool of Bethesda, but no one helped him until Jesus. What a picture of divine grace. Jesus didn't need the water because he was the power behind, in, and with the water. But when Jesus uses the water, that's where we're going to find him. So by his word, Jesus healed the man. He took up his bed and walked. The man could do nothing. He could only receive what Jesus gives by his word. We must never forget that baptism saves because baptism gives us Jesus, who is the source of our salvation. Jesus' death and resurrection is the content of our baptism. By the word of Jesus, everything that he did for us is given to us in the water of baptism. We are joined to Jesus in the water by his word. After our baptism, we continue to be catechized in the benefits and gifts we receive in our baptism so that we might walk in newness of life by faith in Jesus alone. So what do we learn? Number one, salvation is by grace alone, through faith in Christ alone, and not by works. And that's the faith by which we approach the sacrament of holy baptism. Number two, the Word of God is what gives holy baptism the power to save. It's not in the water as such, but in the word of God in and with the water. Number three, Jesus is the source of forgiveness of sins and the rescue from death and the devil that we receive in baptism. So you can never sep separate Jesus from the sacrament of baptism. Number four, holy baptism is the place of God's grace and mercy because we receive Jesus in our baptism. And finally, number five, Catechesis after our baptism preserves and keeps us in our baptismal faith and life. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I give thanks to you that by your holy word you stirred the waters of holy baptism for me, giving me forgiveness of sins, rescuing me from death and the devil, and making me your child. Teach me every day about the wonderful gifts you gave to me in my baptism so that I remain steadfast in the true faith and do not return to a life of sin and unbelief. In your holy name I pray. Amen.